Pam had an overwhelming urge to hurl her cell phone into the street. She read the text again from her ex-husband, standing in the driveway with her teeth clenched. He was supposed to see their daughter this weekend, picking her up in just two hours. And he was bailing, again. He had done this three times in a row. She was hot with rage. And then a wave of sadness. Any minute now, her daughter would get off the school bus, and she couldn't let her see her like this. Good moms didn't feel angry. Good moms didn't have tears in their eyes. Good moms were always happy, and they made snacks and fixed pigtails. So Pam pushed that anger and sadness deep, deep down. She closed the phone and plastered a fake smile on her face, ready to greet her daughter. If you have pushed emotions deep down inside because it just didn't seem like the right thing to do to let other people see them, or you simply didn't want to feel them, I'm glad that you're listening to this episode. We're going to talk about exactly how we can adopt greater emotional skill and how that skill can help you in your journey to overcome binge eating. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. In our Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program, we cover a lot of emotional skills. These play a tremendous role in being able to phase out binge eating as something our clients no longer need. We talk about being aware of our emotions and how we can diffuse them. In other words, when we haven't melted together our self-concept with our feelings, we can feel them but know that they're separate from us. It allows us to have some space and separation to think, Right now, I am feeling sadness instead of, I am a sad person. I find it's helpful to use examples here because most people don't ever really examine how they feel emotions or consider that there might be several ways to do it. We just kind of feel things the way we always felt them, right? A moment ago, I used the word defusing from a feeling. This is a really helpful angle of thinking that I have this emotion rather than I am this emotion. The difference between these may sound subtle, but there's two important benefits to thinking this way. One, when we're defused, it creates space to have other feelings at the same time, because there's no reason that we're limited to one. Just like I have socks, but I also have shoes and several pairs of ski boots. It invites us to acknowledge that we can be sad at the same time that we're happy and relieved and worried. If we let ourselves really sink into one feeling and focus on it, we might miss out on other things that we're feeling too. Secondly, when we say, I am an emotion, this phrase invites a sense of permanence, or at least that the feeling is going to be around for a long while. But the truth is, we might only feel that way for a short period of time, and especially if we choose to not dwell or ruminate on it, the heavy feeling might be gone in a matter of minutes. We can dilute a bad feeling if we notice a small thing, like a smile from a stranger, a cool breeze, or our favorite song playing on the radio. If we say to ourselves, I'm having a bad day, we look around the world and we see more and more evidence that contributes to, well, this is really a bad day. However, if you think, well, this is just a difficult moment, instead of, I'm having a bad day, you might notice that the next moment something pleasant happens or that you luck out in some small way. 
It keeps you from feeling down in the dumps for however many hours are left in the day to not label the whole thing as bad. To recap those last two points, take a stab at letting yourself feel multiple feelings at any given time, and think of each emotion as something you have just for now. Feelings will rise and fall and disappear like waves. They're transient and always changing. You aren't limited to one, and it's definitely not part of you forever. Okay, on to the next emotional skill. In the Breaking Up with Binge Eating curriculum, right after defusing, we add the tool of being able to accept our emotions. This is essentially the opposite of rejecting or invalidating our feelings. Rejecting our feelings is often silent and unconscious. It takes the form of pushing things down, suppressing them with food, alcohol, or constant stimuli from electronic devices. Rejecting feelings can also come in the form of denial, such as someone who's crying, saying that nothing is wrong, or someone who clearly looks angry, saying they don't mind at all that you went over their head at the office. I'm not talking about lying, per se, but that we actually often try and deceive ourselves into not feeling let down or angry. So emotional rejection is one of the things we want to replace with acceptance. The other emotional pattern that we want to shift into acceptance over the course of our program is invalidating our feelings. We do this by saying that our emotion isn't reasonable or justified, and therefore we shouldn't have it. I hear my clients invalidate their feelings frequently. Often they use the word should or stupid, the latter of which really makes me wince. It often sounds like this. I shouldn't be mad. It's so stupid to care about this. I shouldn't be enjoying myself. Invalidating emotion is something parents unknowingly do to their kids and friends do to friends. Wanting to help cheer someone up or reassure them can easily cross into invalidating what someone's feeling at this moment. One of the coaching skills that I work on continually is letting people have their emotions for a reasonable length of time and letting them emerge at their own pace. In some ways, it's a natural instinct to want to protect other people from feeling uncomfortable, but it doesn't help in the long run. Accepting that all people's emotions are real and valid sets the stage for most adaptively handling them and navigating life. It goes for other people, and it also goes for us. If you can let someone else just feel the way they feel, you stand a better chance at letting yourself just feel the way you feel. Emotional acceptance doesn't mean you have to be completely passive and take no action. Letting yourself feel the way you do doesn't mean you can't try to help yourself feel better or invite in some positive experiences. It doesn't mean you love what's going on, but you're admitting, hey, this is how it is, at least right now. As I said earlier, we can have multiple feelings at the same time, so you can accept your pain while doing some things to create feelings of comfort. You can accept, yep, I have a headache, while you walk to the cabinet to get a couple ibuprofen. A similar misconception often makes people turn away from the idea of body acceptance because they don't want to stay in their same physical state. If acceptance means staying the same, they figure, nah, I'm not accepting this body, I want it to be healthier and more shapely. But the same truth can be found in body acceptance as emotional acceptance. You can accept how things are right now and still take care of your body, just like you can accept your feelings right now and still do things to help yourself feel better. Here's an example of a fictional character who ties it all together. Kelly's mom recently passed away, and Kelly is filled with grief and sorrow. 
She allows herself to cry, and she's honest with her friends. When they ask how she's doing, she says some days it's easier and some days it's achingly hard. She finds spending time with her sister or husband helps her feel better and less alone, so she makes more effort to go places with them and not isolate herself. She knows her mental health is better when she exercises, but running just feels like too much right now, so she decides to take a walk every evening. She knows in time she'll get back to running, and that this grief will not be so intense forever, but she doesn't need to rush herself. Can you see how Kelly is accepting her feelings and allowing them, while still taking actions to help herself? That's the whole idea. Here's what our clients had to say when we went over this example in the group. The client we'll call James said, coming up with what may be considered a lesser action, like walking as opposed to running, really resonates with me. These tactics help me stay away from black and white thinking, like I can't run, so I'm not going to do anything. A client named Fiona said, in this example, I can tell Kelly really trusts herself and her own emotions. She knows her feelings and moods will come and go. This is something I would do well to remember. Emotions change throughout the day and week and month. When I'm feeling very down, my deep fear is that I'll remain that way forever. And of course that isn't true. She also seems as though she's concentrating on meeting her short-term needs, which is something this group has been encouraged to do. I totally agree with Fiona, by the way. Coach Mary Claire and I really do encourage people in the group to meet their own needs as best they can. When I was writing up this example, those were exactly some of the traits I was trying to highlight. A healthy balance with our emotions is not exemplified by suppressing them and denying them, telling everybody nothing's wrong and using the endless refrain, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's also not letting our emotions stop us from taking meaningful actions like socializing, exercising, doing our jobs, and so forth. Just as Kelly did in the example, we might want to modify some things or scale back when emotional difficulty is high. We don't want to let emotions stop us completely, however. Lastly, it's important to remember that emotions aren't permanent. They change minute to minute, and even intense pain will fade with time. It's common to worry we'll feel this way forever, but you won't. No one ever had a feeling that lasted forever. You remember Pam from the beginning of this episode, fuming with anger in her driveway but not wanting to have her daughter see it? I'd reassure Pam, yes, it's normal to be angry when someone is treating you inconsiderately, and canceling on someone last minute three times in a row is pretty inconsiderate. It's also normal to be sad sometimes. Good moms and dads have feelings too. It's okay to accept how you feel, and you can show your daughter how you handle difficult emotions instead of pretending that you don't have them. So to my listeners, my challenge to you this week is to notice how you feel and allow yourself to have the feeling. Don't feel like you have to get rid of it, hide it, suppress it, or kill it in some way. There's no wrong feelings to have, and they don't have to stop you from doing any of the things that are important to you. They can come along for the ride as you pursue the goals in your life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. It's always a pleasure to share this information with you, and I live for your comments, your suggestions, and your emails. Feel free to reach me, georgie at nutritionloft.com. Up until now, you've only heard from me, but soon you're finally going to get to hear from Coach Mary Claire. She's been down with a virus for several weeks, but she is up and recording, so I look forward to you meeting her too.